Here we go, episode 75 of the Hib Ramble. <clears throat> we are back. Uh, I was on the one after New Year. This is the first time Liam's been on after the New Year. Just myself and Liam tonight. How are you, mate? Very well, mate. It's good to be back on. It's the first time I've been on ages and ages and ages and ages and ages. So it's good to be back on uh, after another Hib's defeat. Aye, aye. It's getting quite enjoyable at the minute, eh? Um, <laughs> obviously, Sean and Mark aren't with us. Mark's held up at work, I think, and Sean is currently going through the process of moving home. But I'm sure as results pick up, they'll be back because that's what always happens. Like when Hibs are doing well, Easter Road's busy. When we're not doing well, it's fucking half empty. Um, usually when we come on, whoever's hosting, might be me, Liam or Sean or whatever, we'll do like an agenda where we're going to speak about stuff. But tonight, we're just going to go meat and bones, of anything we want um, because I think there's quite a lot to unpackage and for the two of us I think we need more than just the two of us to really proper analyse it to give it different points so we're going to start tonight with my pie review from Forfar. Which pie is the best in the pie review? Which pie is the best in the pie review? Because I feel like we need to give, we need to go into the episode with a, with an uplift. Positively. Yeah. Um, so, Liam, remind me of the, the criteria. It's price, crust, filling. Price, crust, filling, uniqueness. Temperature. And temperature. Yeah. Giving you a total score of 25. Yeah. I'm happy to say, right. I am very, very happy to say that my four for pie receives a 25 out of 25. Oh, oh, I don't believe it for a second after I had their Brady's. Brady was absolutely pish. I'm telling you, right, this pie is the best pie I've ever had at the football. Let's start off with the price. Two pounds. Sensational. That's a working man's price. Usually you're upwards of three, three twenty for a pie at games, two pound. Um, uniqueness. It was sourced from the local butcher slash baker, so keeping it right in the community. Um, they could probably do it up in the price of the pies to deal with the ball that's no scotch. Oh, and scotch. Um, they could probably do invest in maybe putting the prices of pies up and dealing with that fucking bog that exists behind the ground. Mm. Because my new trainers were filthy, might I add, absolutely filthy. Well, that's just a rookie error, isn't it? When yep. you're going to these places in the back and beyond. Temperature, perfect. One bite and it's not roasting, it's not cold. You're just, you're not doing that. Aye. Like I did at Easter Road last night when I took a bite of my pie there. Um, again, that you wouldn't feed that to the dog, as I've already told you. <laughs> um, uh, the, 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 the temperature was perfect. The crust on the outside was nice and crispy. The lid wasn't just soft enough, um, but not soft enough that it became soggy. There was no grease, absolutely zero grease came out this pie either, by the way. Not one bit. <laughs> Um, and then the filling, just a top-notch, sort of spiced, minced, whatever is inside it. But yeah, 25 out of 25, it was absolutely sensational. And as I said after the game, um, when I tweeted Forford directly to appreciate, to show my thanks um, for the delicious pies. Did they reply? No. What That's I would say, though, is if the... So I don't, I don't think tonight we're going to go into too much about the investment because I would rather wait until that's done and then we can proper have a good yeah, chat about and see, see where we can go with it. Um, but if at some point Hibs were to go tits up, right, 
and we had to do a Rangers. I wouldn't complain if that's the fairest scan that we're getting on our travels. <laughs> Just saying. Well, I mean, I'm not being funny, but you didn't get the, the Bridey. I wonder if the Bridey film was the same as the Scotch Pie, though, because it was kind of like a Scotch Pie-esque. Is Bridey's not more oniony, though? It's good in my one, but like the, like the, the pastry in that just fell apart. It was horrible. It wasn't horrible, but I like just like everyone was bigging up these four for Bridies. I mean, their mascot was a fucking Bridie, and the Bridie was uh, <laughs> it was below par, and uh, I was disappointed to be honest, Craig. Is a is a Bridie not like more oniony? See, I don't know because um, my dad went to the <clears throat> my dad went to the pie stall to get them, so I don't know if there was more options than just the four for Bridie, but. It wasn't wasn't very oniony. It was it was like a Scotch pie inside. I mean, it was it was all right, but I mean, I was expecting you know, to blow me out the park like the Fridays at Pars, but wasn't to be, mate. Wasn't to be. It was that good. I went back and got another one. Of course you did. Got to keep yourself in shape, mate. Yeah, but I don't do that unless I feel it's deserved, and I felt like giving them an extra two my two of my pounds. Was very much warranted. So, yeah. Aye. Um, right. Just to, I don't know. I don't know really, really where to start. I suppose just to kind of maybe get your thoughts then on where you think we are right now. Obviously, so we've came off the back of a pretty shite end to the year with um, the loss uh, to Hearts, mm-hmm. and then the draw with Motherwell at Easter Road. Obviously, the team went away to Dubai during the winter break which we won't get next year as well um, because of the European change to the European leagues running and actually into like sort of late January. Um, Saturday's performance was below par to even, to, to probably be nice about below par. And then uh, last night, I just kind of want to get your, get your thoughts on where you think we are at the minute because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff flying about social media and whatnot. I've been quite vocal with certain things um, as well. Bye. We, we, what's your, what's your, what would you call it? Would you class it a State of the Union address? What's your summarisation of where we are just now? I think the bottom line is, mate, we're, we're struggling, really. We're, we're struggling for form. We're kind of, every time we are making one step forward, we're taking two steps back, kind of tripping ourselves up. You know, every time we're starting to get a little bit of momentum, it's frustrating to watch. And especially, you know, it's frustrating to watch because, you know, the quality of players that we've got, you know, from back to front, we've not got a bad team at all. You know, it's, you look at you look at this team compared to the squads for the remainder of the division and you would say out with the old firm, you know, we're definitely up there, you know, in the one or the two for... Attacking-wise, anyway, like a front attacking option, certainly. Yeah, no, absolutely, and it's just it's just not paying off for us at the moment. Um, I think Nick Montgomery's um, eagerness to play four four two is sometimes shooting us in the foot a little bit. Um, I think we do have the players to switch up the system, switch up the formation. Um, you know, but if we, if we can see it, then surely he can as well. Um, but you know that there must be a a logic, a logic to his madness at the moment because it, it just looks like he's trying the same thing over and over again and expecting different results and we're getting the same results and you know at the end of the day it's it's kind of alienating the fans a little bit. The fans are getting frustrated with the players, you know that even the players that we've brought in in January, you know, um, Malida got got an absolute earful on Twitter last night. I didn't think was completely wanted. You know, the boys hardly played this season moving to a new country and stuff. So, listen, I've, we're struggling. But the signs are there that we can turn it around. Like, I've, I, I fully believe that we can turn it around. It's maybe a little bit too far going to think about, and I'm definitely too far going to think about a third, but even maybe a little bit too far going to think about a fourth. I think what we need to do is just get ourselves into that top six, keep ourselves there, and hopefully, you know, as the season comes to a close, we can 
we can start to push for those European spots, but you know, we've got to get ourselves there first. Uh, no, I think one thing that you've just said there that's important to touch on is that um, Kanayo Megwa was forced, well, it wasn't forced, but clearly he was taking some level of abuse last night to, to delete his Twitter account. Um, by all means, have an opinion, you know, where you're very much entitled to an opinion. Um, as soon as it strays over the, into the world of abuse, that's too far, especially a 19-year-old laddie making his first competitive start. Um, I know we've kind of championed Kanayo Megwa since we've seen him. Um, obviously, we had Josh O'Connor and Ethan Laidlaw on, and when we spoke to Lewis Miller as well, when we, were a- when we asked all of them, who do you think is most likely to make it? They all said that Kanayo was. Um, so it's clear that the laddie's got ability. It's clear that he's got he's he's well liked, and the fact that he's had to delete his Twitter account because of the level of abuse that he's getting is like nothing short of disgraceful. Yeah, I thought that um, was I thought that was really really poor last night. I mean, Megwa didn't think he had a terrific game by all by any stretch of the imagination. They had a shaky first fifteen to twenty, like admittedly, he, but that Matondo is probably one of the fastest players in the league. I, I mean, like, he definitely is. He ran Kanai Omegua ragged. And, um, you know, I, I think people who were expecting Kanai Omegua to come in and be the second coming of Cafu are cheating nobody but themselves because that's yep. not what happens uh, at teams like Hibs. It's not what mm-hmm. happens to any team. No young player comes in perfectly rounded and ready to, ready to jump straight in and, and be perfect. So... You know, Canale's got a lot of learning to do, but I I, I think that there's a, a really good foundation there for for him to then, you know, crack on and become a really, really good player, uh, an important player for us. But, you know, if I was him right now, the amount of stick that he took on Twitter last night, I, I, don't, I don't think I'd even bother. I think I'd just give it up. Yeah. Aye, it's especially for a 19-year-old lad as well. Exactly. You're coming in. Um, uh, you've had a... a you know, a somewhat successful spell at Airdrie. Um, in the first half of the season, your your confidence is at high. You're starting against Rangers at home. Yeah. You know, crowd under the lights. You make a couple of mistakes and you're absolutely hounded on Twitter. And mm. it's, I mean, yeah, people are entitled to their opinion, and you can say, yeah, this player didn't have a great game. That player could have done a little bit better, but. Like you said, as soon as it starts to verge on the side of abuse, and you know, it's why? What? What? What is it? Is it helping you deal with the defeat by yeah. firing abuse to young laddies on Twitter? I don't know, mate. It's beyond me. It's the sort of entitlement of people these days, though. They think that with the use of social media, they can just hide behind a screen and say what they want and there'll not be any consequences. I think, oh, yeah, and because people pay and they're like, well, oh, if I pay, I'm entitled to my opinion. I mean, I, I'm absolutely behind that if you pay, you're entitled to your opinion. If you don't pay, you're still entitled to your opinion. But don't abuse the players. If you've got if you've got things to say that are negative, I mean, you can you can say them, but say it in a constructive way. Don't, yeah. don't completely berate the players because... The, the thing that annoys me, and it's annoyed me for years, is the the negative, and it's not just Hibs fans, it's every, it's every club. Yeah, uh, we, should be very, we should be very clear on that. I think we speak about negativity Hibs fans because that's what we see. We follow Hibs, see, other yeah, Hibs fans yeah, on Twitter, that so um, that's what we see the most. But we've got no doubt that Hearts, Celtic Rangers, Aberdeen, etc., when they go through sticky spells that... Absolutely. And, and um, you've seen, you know, like if, if uh, Hearts are... Aberdeen are on a sticky period and you know they, they put their full-time result up if they've lost. You yeah. go in the comments and it's all you know, Naismith out, Robson out, all the rest yeah. of it. And you know, every club does it, but you know, just fucking rein it in a bit, lads. Eh? Like it's it's not going to help the players. Yeah. They, looking at that isn't going to make them go, oh, fuck. I'm going to try even harder. They're going to think, what am I doing? Yeah. Who's who's this guy? You know, we yeah. are Darwin Nunez as his profile picture telling me that I'm fucking shit. Like, mm-hmm. Who are you? I mean, it's it, it really really grinds in my gears. And I think back in the day, I was I was one of them who would 
blindly abuse players and, and stuff. And then, you know, as, as I got a bit older, I just realized, I was like, what's, it's not going to help. Mm-hmm. We shouting it in the stadium, you know, telling a player he's shite, like, to his face, just because you pay to get in doesn't mean that you, you really should be doing that. Yeah, like I said earlier on, um, I think it's more of a sort of societal issue, though. Um, oh, yeah, you know, especially when it comes to things like like Montgomery. Um, oh, I think to, those that listen to us know that we probably championed Lee Johnson for longer than we should have last season. Mm-hmm. More out of, I don't know if you could call it blind faith, more out of just not wanting to go through the whole rigmarole of sacking another manager, bringing someone else in, waiting for them to come good. There's just talk about you know, wait till Montgomery gets his players in, wait till we do this, wait till we do that. And the problem that we've got is in football, as it comes in life nowadays, is that there's no patience for anything. If you want to, you know, 30 years ago, if you wanted a new sofa, you would have to save up for it. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to go on holiday, you have to save up for it. If you wanted to know what was going on, you had to wait until you get the papers the following day to read the sport or the kind of there was times where you couldn't even know the football scores until the following day exactly whereas now with social media the way that the the world works everything evolves you can get information at a click of a finger um this is and it. i think that that ties into patience with a lot of a lot of things and football being one of them um i'm just quite keen to know what you feel on Montgomery as a whole because that that for me last night was a tough watch. It was like a, a very tough watch. And yeah. the I kind of I was sitting on I was sitting in the East Stand last night and I kind of flip flopped between is it the is it the way we're setting up or is it the players that are within the setup? Because I ref, I refuse to believe, right, that either the manager or the players themselves think the best thing to do with Rangers, um, and this goes for any team that we play, by the way, because we don't change depending on who we play. I refuse to believe that the best, especially against those teams that have got better players than us, I refuse to believe the game plan is, do you know what? Let them have the ball. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. And again, you come, you come back to the team selection and stuff, and I don't... I don't know. I really don't know what he's thinking about. We know Rangers play a three. And we know Rangers middle three is very strong. Raskan, Lundstrom and who else was playing? Was it Campbell that was Campbell, playing? Yeah. Last night? So, I mean, that is, you know, I mean, even including Celtic, what, you know, one of the one of the best midfields, you know, that, we, that we've seen in a long time in this division. Yeah. Uh, it's a, a great midfield. You know, we'd kill to have players like Raskan and and maybe not Cantwell because they're prick, but um, Raskan and the and the other fellow. So, because I would imagine, right, Nick Montgomery's been watching clips on Rangers all week. He'll know they'll play a three, and he still goes with a two, and he goes with arguably, you know, the 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 least defensive two. That he could pick out of who was available. Yeah. And I think if you're playing a three in there, if you're playing against a three in there, sorry, you've got to have someone who can who's no afraid to fly in attack. Or you've got to have your Jimmy Jagos, your Marvin Bartley's, your Mark Milligans in there as one of the two. Ideally, you you make it a three, and you have yeah. that six sitting that allows then Levitt and Newell to play. But because Levitt and Newell have no protection from that six. They can't play. They can't yeah. then move forward. And I've seen, I've seen, I've seen you tweeting about uh, Joe Newell. Don't think he had a great game at all. But it's it's not helped by this system. Joe yeah. Joe needs to play a little bit further forward. He's an eight. He's not. He's not a six. Yeah. He he can't do that job effectively. We we tried watching it for years. And it never worked. So we need to figure out how to fit three men into a two-man midfield because 
it's it's just getting it's beyond a joke now. And everyone can see it. And I'm sure Nick Montgomery can see it, but why why isn't he changing it? That's that's the difficult thing. And I mean if the players are buying into it, the players are buying into it, then great. Hopefully yeah. it'll hopefully it'll come round. But for me, if it was me in charge, I'd I'd be having a three in there. I think Jimmy Jago, you know, the way that our squad is looking at the moment, uh, I mean, obviously it looks a lot like Jago's going away back to Australia. So mm-hmm. Luke Amos is going to come in and, and fill that void. Don't know yeah. if he's if he's an attacking or defensive midfielder. I'm not too sure what what one he is, but we we need someone in there who can who can sit and tidy up in front of the back four. It's just we're so exposed in every area of the park. It's like we're playing my man down every time yeah. because of the shape we're playing. It's it's really, really annoying to watch. Yeah. Someone say I seen it last night. Someone said that we're set up to be a counter attacking team but actually play like a possession based team. Mm-hmm. Because when you look when there was periods during the game last night where the goal kick, like we're taking the same goal kick every time. And teams just know all Rangers done last night was just put Fabio Silva on the edge of the box and then um, McCausland and Matondo at the other side. Yeah. To just let it go. Right, if you got the fullback, I'm pressing him. But then what happens is is that Newell and Levitt both drop to the edge of the 18-yard box. So you've got seven players in that space in the park. And then you've got the other four, Jair, Venti, Malida, uh, and Eli Yuan, just like on the halfway line. Yeah, like, I just, I just, I don't get it. I really, unless I'm missing something. Like I said, if it's, if this is the way the man, I'm like to, to be frank about it. If this is the way that Montgomery wants to play, he's not going to last. Regardless of whether we want yeah. him to or not, playing this way will not last because the not, longer the longer we're playing like this, the worse we're getting. Mm-hmm. And people are really, from what I've seen, have started to. The turn, the turn's already starting. Yeah. And as soon as that, we've seen it with Johnson. Remember the Livings, the Livingston game. As soon as that second or the third goal went in, the whole East Stand at once started screaming about uh, Johnson to get it to fuck. Mm. And I don't want that for Montgomery because I actually think Montgomery's a a good guy. He's, you know, he does. He, I don't think he's maybe the best when he talks to the press. Um. But he's I mean, he's not he's not a dick. He, he's never once talked down the league, the team, the opposition, you know anything. He's never shown any levels of sort of no. disrespect or thinking like Johnson did with ideas above his stations. But if he wants to persist with this system, he's got I'm to sure. have a plan B. I mean, if you want to champion the four four two, if that's your, I mean, philosophy and style gets chucked about all too often for. For my liking, I mean, we don't have a style. We don't have a philosophy. Our style is giving away stupid goals. Our style is, <laughs> you know, yeah. not being hard enough in the middle of the park. But if he wants to stick to this four four two, then great. Um, you've got to get it right though. And yeah. if you and if it doesn't come off, if it's not right, then it's it's got to change, either mm-hmm. before a game, uh, or you know during a game. There's I mean, what what do you expect playing playing the same players in the same shape and expecting different results? I, I, yeah. It's beyond me. And like like you said, I'm I'm desperate for Montgomery to succeed. I yeah, really, so really well. am. After you know Sean's uh, <laughs> after Sean's chat about him mm-hmm. when he was when he was linked with the job, I was fully on the Monty train and you know it's it's just a shame that it's not kind of worked out the way that we'd hoped so far but you know I, I hate to do this and compare them to other managers but and I know that we're not going to win the Champions League or anything like that but compare like compare it to Jurgen Klopp Liverpool give Jurgen Klopp time he doesn't win a trophy in the first few years and then he goes and wins the Champions League then the Premier League then the FA Cup then the, the League Cup and there was an overnight success. There was an overnight success for uh, Ange Postecoglou. There was an overnight success for many managers who are doing really, really well. So what gives us 
the right to expect overnight success at Hibs. A team that's got far less pulling power, far less financial power than any of those teams that I've mentioned. What gives us the right to expect that? This is what I mean. This is about the societal issue. It's thinking that we should because it's it's a because we should. Mm-hmm. If you if you actually sit and ask any Hibs fan to say right, if, so if, if you say if I say to you, right, Liam, we we should be we should be finishing third every year. Yeah. And you go to me, and you were to go to me, well, why? Because I like I would just say, well, because we've got a big ground, so have Aberdeen and Hearts. Mm-hmm. Or we've got record turnover, so have Aberdeen and Hearts. We've got twelve k plus season. To, do you know what I mean? So have Aberdeen. Like, there's no we we done it. I can't remember if we done it on here. Um, but we, or was it maybe in the group chat? We I actually went back the last like maybe forty years, fifty years. And we finished in the top four, maybe what? Like five or six times, yeah, it's like a handful Something of like that. We finished third three times since the turn of the century. <sighs> yeah, there's an expectation that we should... Should we be doing better than aiming for fifth every year? Of course we should. Mm-hmm. Because I, I, I genuinely believe that between... between and we're, we've, we've kind of gone on a... A bit of a poor run, and then when and you know in the cold light of day, the fifth is probably the best that we can ask for at times. I mean, I you mean, can you can put a pub between us, Aberdeen and Hearts, right? I know there's talk about fucking trophies and all that, but I'm not caring what clubs won in the fucking 1800s or the 1920s or before the fucking invention of the telephone and that, right? That to me, that's that's fucking irrelevant. When you well, look at it, the last ten years, really, that's, that's relevant. And like you said, I, there is nothing between us and Hearts and Aberdeen apart from the fact that they've got a wee bit more bottle about them, and yep. they've played in European group stages, and we haven't. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it's, it's all semantics. I think if you drill it down to what actually matters in terms of how you justify something as big or not. Kim, when you look at the grounds, like I said, we're all relatively similar. I think Aberdeen's is the biggest. About five hundred seats, we've got about maybe seven or eight hundred more seats than Hearts. The only, I think, the only main difference between us and Hearts at this present moment, because I don't want this being clipped, is they have a larger hardcore following at present because of what they went through um, with Romanov, because they had to literally put their hand in their pocket. To make sure the club survived. I think at, at well, present... Because of that, though, because you look at when when they've been going through sticky patches, it's the same as any team, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm no here to go, ooh, Hibs fans didn't follow their team when they're getting beat. Hibs fans didn't follow their team when they're getting beat. Uh, you know, the only, you can see for last night. The only two that, that turn up in numbers, and because there is a lot more of them, is the old fan. Yeah. And, you know... At any point, if your if your team's getting beat, the the attendances are going to suffer, and that is part and parcel of the game. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. But I mean, fuck, there is nothing to choose. I mean, even squad wise. Yeah, at, I mean, you take you take Shankland out that Arch team, and it's it's glaring like it really is. Is it though? Yeah, because he's if you if you take him out that Arch team, the next highest goal scorer is on like three or four. Like, I, know, I, mean, I know, I know. There's a lot of Shankland. There's a lot of part about Shankland at the minute, and you know, I think we were obviously we were very biased last season with the fact that we had Nisbet. Um, but I mean, cards on the table that Shankland's Shankland's a very good striker for this level. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Just like Miofsky is a very good striker for this level. Um, and my issue with with teams like that is that. And I suppose this plays into the way the game sort of fold, unfolded last night. Mm-hmm. Is that, like, see, see, I don't care about getting beat 3 0 for Rangers, right? Realistically, with the budget that they've got, them and Celtic, they should be turning all of us over 3 4 5 0 every week. They should. Aye. Obviously, that's not how football works. Football's not played on paper, it's played on grass. But more often than not, 
they're going to win because they've got vastly superior resources. It means they can attract vastly superior players. They had a boy starting up front last night for 35 million a couple of years ago. And I even made the comment to, to my mate I was at the game with as well, and that, see, whenever I've seen Fabio Silva, and this is the difference in levels, whenever I've seen him in the Premier League, I've thought, he looks slow. Mm. He doesn't look like he can move. Last night, he looked mm-hmm. fucking quick. Um, my issue with, with results like last night is not the fact that we get beat, it's the manner and in in, in the way that we got beat. If we go down fighting, fair enough. Yeah, that's my point. That's my point. Good opportunities. I mean, the earlier opportunity in the first half, first couple of minutes, is a great opportunity. I think McCausland does really well to kind of force them out wide a little bit more and make them take the shot from a, a little bit more of an acute angle. So, I mean, don't think there was an awful lot they could have done about it because Venti and, and uh, Molida weren't weren't up there with him. So it's not like he could have cut it back. The only option was him trying to fire it across goal, which I think was the right option. Didn't quite uh, didn't quite come off good save from Jack Butland. But listen, we, we had a lot of half-decent opportunities last night. Whether we're 1-0 down, 2-0 down, 3-0 down, doesn't matter. You've got to put them away. And if you don't put them, put your chances away, regardless of who you're playing, then you're not going to do very well, mate. That's that's yeah. the bottom line. It's, it's frustrating to watch. You know, you look at the quality of player that we brought in, not even just in this window, but I feel like the quality and uh, the, you know, the the what am I trying to say? The caliber of player that we've brought in probably since the summer has yeah. been higher than what it has been for a long, long time. Yeah. And we've looked arguably, you know, at, at the worst point that that we've been in a long, long time. So, mm-hmm. what fixes that? Yeah, and that's that's the issue for me is that. As much like with Johnson as well, like if we go a goal down last night, like there's games where you know when you look at back at last season, the four two against Celtic, six 0 against Aberdeen, four one at home, four nil at home, Olivia, four one away, Olivia. We had a bit of backbone. The three two away at Motherwell, um, no bit of backbone, but at least you knew there was got to be goals. Mm. Whereas right now we're just we're no. There's goals, but we're just. Going into that. Do you know what I mean? That like last night, um, and it, like I said, this is what I mean. I don't know if it's the system or the players, because it seems like everything. There was the one chat, the one proper good passage you play. I think we had was right at the start of the second half when uh, Megwa played it down the line for Ellie, and he just he faced up Redvan and just took him on. Mm-hmm. But too often, what happens is you and I'll get the ball and he'll turn back inside. Uh, the ball will go to Leva and Leva will take a touch and then a touch and then a touch and then a touch and then a touch. And then a touch and then... He's taken five or six, seven touches before he's releasing the ball. Aye. That's me, to be honest. We're creating nothing in the way of... Urgency. Yeah, yeah, There's that's 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 probably the best way to say There's no urgency, there's no... Desire's, desire's not the right word, but there's no... There's just no fucking, like, oh, like there's no dig... About our play, whether that be attacking or defending, there's no onus on us. It's t- it, at times it seems to, as soon as Marshall gets the ball and he's looking about, Ken, what, fuck it, there's a beater. Is he playing left centre half? Aye, but fuck it, go. Like, mm. we're very happy to let other teams just go yeah, and jog and back into position, turn and face the ball. And aye, I just, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't get what the, what the remedy is. Like you say, the calibre of player. You know, I do think that in terms of the calibre of player we've got in, I think Mark Ondes looks as if he's got a bit about him. Um, yeah. If we can just in terms of even the way, you know, had a few good touches when he came on, his, his presence almost seems to, you know, he was very demanding of the teammates very early on. Um, Amos, again, another one with a bit of calibre about him. Yeah. Um, he seems like he'll be a bit of a busy, busy body in the middle, which is what we've said we need. We need somebody yeah. that's busy... But good on the ball. Um, obviously, uh, Malida comes with a decent pedigree. Um, you know, we've got People Boyle to come back on forty-five minutes, sixty minutes. So, yeah, admittedly, it wasn't. Admittedly, it wasn't great. 
wasn't like, great. No, let's not, not be. Let's be honest. It was it was pretty poor. But but how many how many times have we have we seen shite you know, debuts that have went well? I know. Not even yeah. just shite debuts, but good players have shite games. Yeah. So it's no, it is. It does happen. To to write them off after sixty minutes is, I think it's mental. But yeah. just to touch back on the point about urgency, Craig. Surely Nick Montgomery isn't going through them in training and he's doing the shape and he's saying, right, we've got the ball now, move it forward. Jaden Ailey, join the attack. That's a front four. Surely he's not then telling them, right, chop back and find Levitt. Chop yeah. back, find Newell. Surely he's telling them, move in, move in, move in. Attack the space is that, is that the, yeah. You would think that that's what he's saying. So... What's this is what I mean. This is, this is, this is where for does me the stop them with the players, or does it stop with the manager? Well, the thing is, he's changing the players in terms of who's playing, but nothing's changing in terms of how we're playing. Like Saturday, um, Doidge is up front. Last night, Venti's up front. There's no difference. I actually feel really sorry for Venti because Venti is. I mean, there was a point. In Again, he's last night where Venti was back at left back. I I do think there's a part that I know there's a lot of folk that saying Venti's not good enough. This that and the next thing. Venti's a very good finisher. When you look at the goals, when you look at the goals he scored early on in the tenure, the goal against Luzerne on his debut, he's in the six yard box. The goal against Kamarnak, he's receiving the ball for uh, a good touch for Lafondre, just inside the box. His goal against Kilmarnock, he turns inside the box. Uh, was it St Mirren at Easter Road as well? Uh, I think he was in the Yeah, box. gets uh, the ball on the penalty spot in the box. Like I've seen, <clears throat> I think it's JD, uh, JD Hibbs who puts up a lot of the kind of stuff. Um, that Venti's averaging 1.1 shots per game or something. Um, Shanklin, but by comparison, um, Shanklin is averaging 3.8 shots a game. Lauren Shanklin is a completely different player to Dylan Venti, though. Yeah, Lauren but what Shanklin I mean is... Lauren happy to come deep, take it, and then move on. That's so, not Dylan Venti's game. Dylan Venti is a take it on a half turn, wiggle yourself a wee bit of space in the box and, and fire at home. So my point More on that is, is that this is, this is from inside the box. So Venti's not even getting the ball in the box. Because he's he, because he's not there because he's having he's been forced to play so deep. Yeah. Because That's then I mean. whoever's playing up front with him is playing too high, yeah. and then the wingers are playing too high. So the only link then between then the front three and the midfield two has got to be Venti because yeah. who else is going to be? You're not going to see Jair come from the left hand side over to the you know to the central right area. You're not going to see Eli Yuan do it for the opposite side. It's yeah. it's a broken system, and if we had that extra player in, I think if we played a four three three, of like a even an inverted triangle, or you know a triangle, it it would help Venti so much to have that link behind him that he could stay forward, yeah, and get the ball in those areas where he's dangerous and turn on the half turn and score more goals and with one more fucking games. And if I can see it, then surely this everyone is, This is the thing as well that I feel, usually see when it comes to like managers and the way that teams are playing, right? You you could get, me and you in terms of something Hibs related, right? And we could, I could tell you that the sky's blue and you'd call me an arsehole and say that I'm lying because it's actually green, right? That's the way, that's the way football works, right? No one looks at football the same. What I'm finding with us at the minute is that, by and large, we're all saying the same thing. Yeah. We're all kind of singing off the same hymn sheet in terms of whether it be individual players, the system that we're playing, the players that we've got in certain positions within the system. We all seem to be very, very much so on the same hymn sheet, which is, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Well, it's a glaringly, it's it's a scary thing, you know, the fact that we're all agreeing with each other, <laughs> because it doesn't happen very often, to be honest, and you know, obviously means that something is very wrong. Yeah. No, it's that's something I I I don't get it, and like you say as well, with them, you know, when they're on the training park, like what are we, 
surely he's not telling them to stop and cut in and stop and do this and stop and do that. But on this flip side, like what what metrics is he looking at for the analysts? Because I'm I'm assuming that the you know the we'll get a breakdown of touches and areas in the park. You know they're whatever Y scout is things are things are hundred for them because they'll be able to break down fucking everything. What is it that Montgomery's getting in front of him that goes, nah, this is this is worth persisting with? Because for me, at it's this present not, moment in time, it's not results, it's not performances. So, is it? Well, I've I've said this before. I I didn't want I, slamming the manager, slamming the players. It's, it's not really my my bag, to be honest, mate. But is it tactical naivety, or is it stubbornness? Yeah. Or is it something else? But. You know, tactical naivety, you probably wouldn't think so, given that he's, you know, he's, he's come through the ranks at, um, I was going to say civil service strollers there, you know, Central Coast Mariners, um, you know, through the youth team, into the first team and had success there. Yeah. So you you probably wouldn't say tactical naivety. I mean, especially given the, the side that he had at Central Coast wasn't, you know, in, in comparison to the, to the big boys in that league, not anywhere near. Um, not yeah. anywhere near their their level, and he had no right basically to go and win the grand final and did. So tactical naivety is maybe at the window. Stubborn. Surely the skills are transferable, and if he can do it with, I know it's obviously a different level of player, but if you've got a higher caliber of player, surely it's easier to get that system to work and That's make exactly. it work even better. But um, I mean we're. Just just for sort of context, right? We are by no means saying that we want Montgomery out. Um no. I'm fucking what, sick. What does that what does that change? Getting another manager out. I mean, he's been here since it changes. What happens is David Gray gets the job for three, four weeks, gets touted for it, gets turned down for it, and then we end up appointing fuck knows who. Ian Murray. Like, yeah, like Ian Murray, someone like a Reese McCabe, something like that, who Granted, don't haven't done anything to really sort of deserve that step up to a hub job. McCabe might in time, he's only what 31, 32, something like that. He's still yeah. playing. Um, but I, I think this is like I said, but we're kind of just more a uh, get things off our chest rather than sort of analyze individual bits and pieces. We'll be when the four of us are back, we're going to do a, I think it's good for us to do an like a sort of proper deep dive episode on Bill Foley and what that means for us going forward. Absolutely. I mean, I think it would be rude not to touch on it at the moment, but yeah. you, know, you can see that the, the Bill Foley effect, I mean, if it, even if it's not been properly announced by, by Hibs or you know, anyone, you can see that it's taken effect. You know, I don't think we would have got players like uh, Molida or Ramos or... We've got Mark Condes for fuck all. No. Hibs yeah. are paying nothing towards his salary or none. I mean, we wouldn't have got players like that um, yeah, a year ago. So and that's that, and that's I suppose the 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 plus point for me with Montgomery is that he said he wants players coming that are better than what's already in the which, door. Which it looks, I yeah, mean, on, looks paper. on paper that these that these players yeah. are. I mean, I think we need you need to get um, you need to get them all up to sharpness. Yeah, none of them have played, um, you know, in in quite a while. So. Mm-hmm. You know the rustiness is going to be there, of course, but you know Luke Amos, I I don't know how much you knew about him before, before he he came up the road, Craig. But I think he's he's a half decent wee player. Being a Spurs uh, kind of fan, like I've known of him for, like coming through the youth system and that. Um, played played really well, and you know a, a variety of a variety of uh, QPR teams, some good and some, you know. Yeah, just injuries, injuries that done him down there. Exactly, and it's it's a shame, but it's a chance for us to get a really good player on our books and yep. have a good look at him. And you know, chances are, if he if he does well, he'll, he'll move on and he'll he'll you know, kickstart his career back down south again, probably. But you know, we've attracted this caliber of player, which we wouldn't have been able to do without you know Bill Foley's money. So mm-hmm. if this is the start. Then I think we are going to be in for one hell of a ride, and it's going to be really exciting being yeah. a Hibs fan and, and watching the players that, that we bring in. So, you know, just to, to keep a wee, a wee air of possib- uh, positivity about the place and 
And I think that is that is a a bright spot we can take because when Marcondes came on last night, I thought he looked really good. Yeah, there is. You can tell these levels above. Um, I think it's just the, the this needs this is probably something that the club needs as well, just to give it a bit of a a wee bit of a shake and that's... a bit of a shot in the arm. We don't need again. We don't need wholesale changes. We don't need fucking David Gray speaking to the press again. Saying that he's taken the team for three, four weeks. I'm sick of us one. It seems to write off seasons. Um, yeah. Montgomery was brought in because of what he'd done at Central Coast Mariners. What he'd and done he at the been... Mariners was over a sustained period of time. Yeah. Whether he gets given that uh, luxury at Hibs remains to be seen because, like I said, I feel that there's already small elements of the fan base turning. And once they once they start to turn, they kind of be brought back. It's yeah, but it's just uh, it's just the way that, that the game is nowadays, Craig. And that's, yeah. I mean, you, you know it yourself when you've turned on a manager, you, you can't come back. Yeah, and that's why I think that we sort of blind faithly done it with Johnson last year when probably everything was staring us in the face to say nah. The thing is, I think with Johnson it was more. We don't want another managerial change. Yeah. We don't want to. That go. was the basis of our argument, anyway. Is that no, that it wasn't a case of why should we keep him. It was, it why, was more a case of what happens now. Yeah. If we get rid. Yeah. yeah no, absolutely agree. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Right. We'll move on. To, if any, listen. I know this has kind of been a bit of a mumble jumble one for anybody listening. Um, if you've got anything that you want us to bring up, or you've got anything, can you what is. You want to have a wee natter about it on Twitter in terms okay, of what you comments, think. Tweet us, yeah. send us an Instagram message or whatever. Yeah, I think again, the, the worrying thing for me about the things is that we're all starting to see the same thing. And mm-hmm. that very rarely, if ever, happens with football. Um, right, after Saturday, we never, because we never recorded after Saturday, we've got a few questions. Now it's time to answer the Hibs Ramble listener questions. Uh, we'll start with uh, by far the worst person to ever get in contact, uh, Colin McLennan. <laughs> um, how crap were the famous four for Brady's? Uh, Liam's already said that his was average. Yeah, sure. My pie was. Do you know what? Right, the fact that Colin had a shite Brady makes my day even better. It pissed me off a wee bit because I was eating my Brady as you put in the group chat. This how pie sensational the pie was. <laughs> for fuck's sake, man! Should have got a pie. Um. Uh, right, sorry, that was usually it's, uh, for John. What was for tea? Um, Saturday after the game, I didn't have any for tea. I had four bags of mini cheddars in the manse with my pints that I was having. Um, and then tonight I've had a pepperoni pizza. And you said it was shite. Yeah. Um. Who's um, has been a bit of turmoil this week? Everybody know well. I think I'm slowly starting to get. It. Oh no. I had it for a wee while. So I'm gonna have the I'm gonna have the Johnny Cash later on, I think. The what? The Johnny Cash Ring of Fire. Oh right, fair enough. Yeah. Um I can't remember what I had for my dinner on Saturday. Uh and I don't know what I'm having for my tea tonight. I'm just in from work just before we recorded this, so I don't actually know. <laughs> can yeah. I just dump my stuff and, and came right through. So uh I can tell you what I had last night though, I had spaghetti and meatballs and it was Superb. Well done to Megan. She made uh, she made great spaghetti and meatballs. Well done, Megan Mac, for that. Um, Kev Wilson, has Monty already shown himself to be Maloney 2.0? Determined to play a style of football he doesn't have the players for and won't change regardless of how bad the results' performances are. I hope he turns it around, of course, but we've just barely scraped past our teams in eighth in League Two on top of being on a poor run in the league. Um, the, cup's a, the, cup's, the Cup's a difficult one. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's the Cup final, isn't it? That is very much... Uh, I don't think managers can be based off a of Cup games, no. to be honest. That is very much a... Uh, scalp them. But if you can, just get past them. Like, yeah. that's all... I, mean, I think it's just as... I mean, it's going to sound mental, but it's just as difficult to go there as it would be to go to Ibrox or Parkhead yeah. in, a, in a different way, in a different kind of difficult... Because that's for first cup final. They are not going to get. I mean, chances are they probably won't get a a team, you know, bigger than us in the cup for a long time. It's a big yeah. chance 
for them to put on a show in front of their fans, in front of the town. And uh, to be honest, I, I felt like they did that. Because no, they, they, they ran us right the way to the end. And, you know, if, if I was a neutral, I'd probably be saying that they deserved, you know, a little bit more, maybe even to take it to extra time out of the game. Yeah. Fortunately for us, that, that never transpired because I could not be fucked with extra time. Oh, uh, same. Back home. Um, but no, it's, it, yeah, like you say, it's difficult to judge them on, on uh, cup games because they are so kind of hit and miss, eh? Mm. What about the Maloney 2.0 comment? I can see it. I, I, I can see where he's coming from. Um, I think he has the players to play the 4-4-2. I just don't think they're doing it for him at the moment, which is a shame. And we're just going to need to see, you know, between now and the end of the season, what what he's able to do in terms of either sticking with it and making it work or changing it a wee bit and kind of having that courage to... To try something new. Yeah. Um, Albert Street has said, without Boyle, who should be our penalty taker? Newell isn't the answer. He's missed a fair few now. I don't recall Newell actually missing many pens. Um, I'll tell you who it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be Christian Dodge anyway. No. But, I mean, why not give it to you, Anne? Give it Bob to Fish. Get get Jerry's get uh, goals up a wee bit. Get it to Jerry. Yeah. Um, Haley said lack of atmosphere only a drum and it just felt like nothing we've been saying we're proud of for years obviously performances on the park help but how do we get that back I um, think the connect at the moment between the players not even just players sorry the, the club and the fans yeah uh, I do sitting been... next to I was in section 43 last night um, and it was glaring how little people joined in the blocks of him to the point where I think they just stopped and you've got to feel sorry for Block 7 because they are they do try every every game. Yeah. They're trying to get these new songs off the ground. People are moaning about it. I thought it was obvious on Saturday as well for where the position they were behind the goals. It was literally just them. And you would think we stand in can I mean, I don't know I don't know about you, but I was in four for fair about twelve, half twelve, so I was a few uh, a few bits of nectar deep at that point. <laughs> Usually it gets a bit boisterous when, on, yeah, on days like that yeah but there was nothing and it's a shame because I, I was looking forward to a little bit of atmosphere at the game and no I'm and I'm to blame as well I wasn't joining in but I was yeah. too far away but um, listen I think the, the the performances on the pitch reflect the fans you know mood the atmosphere it's not happening on the pitch it's not going to happen on the terraces and yeah. You know, fair play to Block Seven. They they try and get they try and get the fan base going, and you know at the moment people just aren't feeling it. People aren't yeah. wanting to join in. But you know, Block Seven, keep doing what you're doing. Keep trying to bring the atmosphere as much as you can, and hopefully, uh, hopefully things will start to turn around. Uh, here's a good one for Harvey Scott. He said he was in France, so without including Sozzi, who's the best player Hibs have ever had from France, Ooh. and who would and if you could sign one French player, who would it be? I would say Boozy. Boozy was caviar, eh? Yeah, Boozy. Um, Ian Murray's Open Goal podcast the other day and he was waxing lyrical about Boozy. Yeah. So it was unreal. I don't think we've had... They've had many notable French players. Dumbe was alright, but he was for a oh, short... Right. He was a short period of time. Yeah. Mark Libra was good for six months. Um, I know our lifetime probably Boozy I'd say yeah Boozy's a great player plus he won was, play, so. Boozy was top class um, and one, any, if you could pick any French player like current French yeah aye, any French player I think I'd go with Varane you need the centre half nah it needs to be um, or would you go with Mbappe yeah KM10 for me I think uh, does he get an overdeer though I don't think so a good option to bring off the bench, though. Aye, impact sub. <laughs> um, and for John Tolmey, who was on the uh, Big Fat Quiz of the Year, the episode 74, if you've not listened to it, go back and listen. Um, I rinsed a lot of them in the quizzes, as to be expected. Uh, obviously, we've got Inverness away in the next round. Um, but what's your favourite cup away day? 
But not in, not so not including semi-finals or finals, so just an away day. And you know what, right? I'll make it even thingy. The two-two at Tynecastle doesn't count because that's still an Edinburgh. I wasn't even going to say that. I don't think. I think the favourite away day. Oh, it's between two, Craig. It's between two. I bet you I can guess one of them. Go on then. Griffiths free kicks one of them. No. Kelly away. No. Oh, aye. He didn't, did he score a free kick that day? He scored a hat trick that day. Yeah, he scored a and, penalty. And he scored scored. Oh no, sorry, we got the penalty for the free kick. Yeah. Aye, that's that uh, that day and Melkerson at Motherwell. Quarterfinals oh, yeah. away. I mean, Mark would tell you this. Quarterfinals away in the Scottish hit completely different. Yeah. We love a quarterfinal, don't we? Aye, mines would be a wee bit further back than yours. Um, I want to say it was the two thousand and three four season. Uh, I don't know if it was the quarters. I don't think it was. But uh, Dundee United away. Um, Grant Bredner Scottish Cup. Eh? It's like Grant Bredner scored a hat trick. Um, we beat Dundee United three two, and it was the day that Craig Gordon made his debut for Hearts. And they got scalped for nothing at Brockville of Falkirk. Right. So it was that it was that double edged thing where it was coming over the tannoy about Hearts getting beat four 0 mm. And then obviously we I think Grant Brevner scored really late um to get the win. Um obviously fucking Ibrox three 0 man, that was crazy. I wasn't there that day. Yeah, I, I wasn't at the Kilmarnock one, the Griffiths Hatrick one. I wasn't there. Kilmarnock was incredible. The, the stand was shaking. Yeah, that's a bit almost. Ibrox was like that. That was fucking wild. Like that was just another level. Um, but that's our our favourite away days. That's the questions that we put out from the. Well, no, your favourite away day though. Yes. In the cup, it's got to be in the cup. And yeah, it has to be in the cup. Uh, John's asked dinner. We've already answered that. Billy, uh, King of the North. Genuinely can't be fucked with Hibs just now. So instead, I'd like to know your TV series recommendations. Oh, mine's at the minute. Um, if you are into this sort of thing, is Ken? Ken is top top tier. I've heard that that's meant to be good, but I don't know what it's about. Yeah, so it's a Irish, a sort of set in Ireland drug family basically, All right. and how they navigate being. Um, heavily involved in the drug trade, and then they've got like other like bits of like family coming in and out, other bits of moving parts, having to go to someone yeah. higher up and all that. The second season of that's on the. You would need to look in a very specific place for the second season because the first season's on BBC iPlayer. The second season, you just need to go a bit digging for it without revealing where you would dig. <laughs> Don't want um, what's knocking at your door, Craig. Right there. Beyond that, I've been told to start traitors. I see. I tried to watch that last time when it, when it came out, but I watched the first couple of episodes. I couldn't really get into it, but everyone's talking about it, so I might need to give it another go. Yeah, and then I've heard about um, Fool Me Once on Netflix as well. It's supposed yeah, to be I was pretty good. That when I watched that, that was pretty good. Have you seen it? No, I've not seen it yet. No, that's pretty good. Like it's it's quite good. A couple of twists and turns. A good um, and cast as well. And then the other one I've been watching intermittently is uh, The Boys on Amazon Prime. I think I'm on season two, so. Oh, tell you what, there's one thing, just because you said Amazon, Man in the High Castle. Oh, you were that's, talking about that, weren't you? Yeah, I started watching, I've redone a rewatch of that. It's basically an alternative look at what would happen if the the Axis had won the war. Um, out with that, what I would say is if you want something that's quite funny and something to have on in the background, I would definitely recommend watching the Wings Challenges that Open Goal have done. I don't necessarily watch their, I don't necessarily watch their podcast anymore because I think the sharks been well and truly fucking jumped with those, but the wings challenges. The big one Murray, it was just like the Sci Fairy meets. Yeah, Murray, which was really good. Yeah, but the the wings challenges. There's one that O'Connor and Ryden have done. And fuck oh, me. Yeah, that was oh, so outrageous. I watched that on my honeymoon right next to the pool. Megan kept going, "What are you fucking laughing at?" Oh man, I, that was... I was like, "Oh, it's just." Rather than Gary O'Connor, she's like, what? Who? Um, but no, I another another one actually, if you're looking for a quick laugh, is Two Doors Down on yes. BBC iPlayer. 
me and Megan watched all that. That's really funny. It's got Gradle in it and the, the guy from Only an Excuse mm-hmm. and then uh, the big boy for Taggart. And Mary Doll for Absinthe is but that's yes. that's kind of filled a void with still game for me. It's not up there, but it's, it's that was no funny. Far away. It was pretty funny. It's no far away. Um, Callum has asked, do you think the issues lie within the mentality of the club rather than the personnel of players and managers or a combination of both? And um, Sally McEwen's followed up with that, saying that maybe the mentality of some of the supporters isn't helping either. Do we, do we really expect young lads to, thr- to thrive and perform their best when fighting against a barrage of abuse and negativity? I think that's, that's a thing massive, to... massive point, to be honest, yeah. from, from Sally. Yeah. Um, yeah, the mentality has always been a problem at this club, I think, and not definitely not been helped by the supporters, um, any outside noise that's happening. You know, we spoke about it. You change owners, you change manager, change the players, change what the stadium looks like. And we're getting the same results. So there's got to be there's got to be a you know a problem somewhere. Um the supporters are some some of the supporters of a minority are, you know, piling on the abuse to the young players and it's it's not fair. It's yeah. Definitely not helping. But you know, to pin it all on the supporters I think is a, a wee bit unfair, but definitely don't think it helps. Yeah. Um, NZ Hibbs, what's your thoughts on the magical roundabout, which is Hibbs at the moment? I think we have to give Nick a bit of time regarding his own players, but we should have an option B and C when it comes to formation to win games. 4-4-2 not working at present. I think we've kind of covered that earlier. Um, Liam kind of said about the he feels the way they should, we should go is effectively to a 6 and 2 eights. Um Football has become so over complicated and over coached and over analysed that yeah, you sometimes forget it's just about fucking get the end goal is to put the ball in the net like that's it yeah it's not about how many fucking expected whippages that you can get within a forty five minute spell or how many kilometres you cover um, okay. and then to round us off we've got Connor Robson if you look at the players that played yesterday what biscuit would each of them be. What biscuit would each of them be? Yeah, what biscuit? <laughs> I think... Uh, Dylan Levitt would be a Jaffa cake, because I'm not sure what he is. Who? Dylan Levitt would be a Jaffa cake. Because <laughs> is he a cake or is he a biscuit? Is he a defensive midfielder or is he an attacking midfielder? David Marshall, for me, is a rich tea, because you know it'll crumble at the first opportunity. Uh, it's no, That's no, a great s- question. Lewis Stevenson's a digestive. Joe Newell would be a jammy dodger because he manages to evade all the all the stick that he should be getting. Um, that's a that's a wonderful question. I wish I'd have seen yeah. that. Yeah, that is. I would have had a think about that. Um, Ellie, you and do you know what I'd say? You and is probably like a biscuit for Harrods, just a luxury that we can't afford at times. Well, like one of the like a proper the, the clear boxes. Ah, uh, like an elegant Belgian chocolate type of biscuit. Yeah, like a dark chocolate coated ginger nut, something like that. Uh, one of these ones that's like eighty quid for a packet. Mm. If eighty quid biscuits do exist, I'd quite like to try eighty quid biscuits actually. Oh, they do exist to be honest. What else? Who else could we have? Um. Eh. Uh... Stevenson is a digestive, as mentioned, because he's just, you can't what you're getting with a digestive. It's, you're never going to fully enjoy it, but you still go back and have it anyway. Um, <laughs> I'm struggling to think of biscuits. Uh, Jordan Abita. Party ring. Solid, you, don't, uh, you, don't, you don't think of it as that good until you try it and you're like <laughs> this is a should have these more often aye um, well fish oh, at the man. moment is our put that into the group chat see what see what um, everyone says well well fish at present I would say is a tea cake uh, very soft and collapses under any sort of pressure <laughs> nah I'm only kidding I'm on... a tea cake in the freezer and then oh no 
left it in the freezer for a wee while. Right, this is, I can't remember. Can I just, just before you finish this, can I just say after what we spoke about giving players abuse earlier, what I've just said about fish, I'm taking the piss. <laughs> just so we're aware, but I'm, I am taking the piss. I know, Craig likes tea cakes, I mean, if you can't tell. But yeah. um, put a tea cake in the freezer, right? And like the, the chocolate will like harden up a wee bit and the marshmallow becomes like squidgier and chewier. And it's, oh mate, it's so good. You should try it. With that. Frozen tea cake. You don't you don't leave it there until it freezes completely. You just right, leave just, the freezer for like 10, 15 minutes. Just let it get hard a wee bit before getting stuck. Yeah, in. just let it kind of all kind of firm up and condense a wee bit. And then it's, it's brilliant, honestly. You'd love it. You'd love it, I, tell you, I can tell you that. On that note, we'll wrap it up for this week. Um, we'll be back <laughs> on... Wrap it up. Uh, something we're awfully not good at. Um, <laughs> we will be back next week. Um, Kelly away. If you're going to Kelly away, let us know. I'm on the fence. I'm really on the fence. I don't know why. Um, I'm not going on Saturday because Megan and I have a child-free day for the first time in a long time, so we are going to get pished. Love that for you. Um, we'll be back on Monday to look over Saturday, any incomings, outgoings, if there's a... Um, we won't be putting out something like off the back of something coming out, like if the Foley deal gets announced as expected in the next couple of days, we'll sort of gather our thoughts on it and we'll see what, try to have a reasonable chat about what it's going to mean for us going forward. But other than that, Thanks, everybody, for listening. Like yep, and subscribe and retweet and whatever. If you've got anything you want to get in contact with us, the Hibs Ramble on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Get in touch. We're always, we're all, we always want to hear from people and get involved in the patter, as the young ones say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, cheers, everyone. Take it ham and cheesy. See you Monday. Bye. Let's get ready to rumble.